top bins, top tier commentary. Top drawer, upper 90. You already down. know. You it's more already know. I think that's how it always goes. Like 45 minutes, and we were at like Chelsea. What are we doing? Um, I'm Dominic Ponteri. I am Matt Kessler. And we are here to talk about Champions League soccer today. Hey, it's Top Ben's time. What's up? We're back. Hello and welcome back to Top Bins, the soccer podcast from Underground Sports Philadelphia. I am your host, Matt. I'm joined by my good friend, Dom. Dom, how are you doing? Hey, I'm good, man. Good. Back. After after this Sunday, I'm doing very good. So it's been it's been a good weekend for the both of us on many different weekend. levels, I would say. Uh, we'll be bringing you all the action from England and Italy. We'll also be previewing a little bit of the Champions League this week because we have that to look forward to. We're going to start in Italy. We've been starting in England the last few weeks. I figured we'd switch it up because this is where a lot of the marquee games were this weekend. I think a lot of the, the bigger talking points. And we're going to start with a game that we highlighted last week, one to watch, Napoli and Juventus, which... Certainly lived up to the billing like the last few have between the two of them, but Napoli gets this one 2 1. Juventus still without a win. It's only three games in this season. So, you know, we should we should keep that in mind as we talk about, you know, all the uh, all the title challenging and all the relegation form and all that. But it is concerning, you know, when you're sitting three games in the season for a team like Juventus with the ambition that they have, that they still don't have a win to their name. And frankly, I've looked pretty uninspiring. Dom, what did you take away from this uh, this recent iteration of what has been kind of the classic games in Italy from the last few years? Uh, I think Napoli's a real deal team. You got to take them serious this year. Um, Spalletti has them playing very good football, and I think that that's a that's not something to be taken lightly. Um, also, I do think that it's a cause for concern with Juventus. I mean, they're they're definitely not the strongest that they've been over the last, you know, 11 years. And I think it's a hard pill to swallow for a lot of Juventus fans. Uh, I've been seeing, you know, I've been seeing Milan Twitter type arguments within like Juve accounts and things like that. And, and, you know, it's, you know, Chesney's not playing. He's, he's making a few errors that are like vital. You know, one of the goals was his fault again this week. Um, Napoli was very strong, you know, 13 to one on corners is huge. It just means they're putting on the pressure. They're playing a lot. They had 67% possession, double the amount of passes. I mean, come on now. It's it. Napoli is a real deal team. And I think, you know, Juventus has some red flags that are popping up that really need to be addressed or else the season is going to go down the toilet very quickly. Yeah, I mean, we, we had talked about this, how this was really a transition year for Juventus. And this game was tough, you know, for lots of reasons. One, you're going to Naples, which is, for any team, going to be a difficult difficult task to face. Uh, you didn't have Chiesa for this game. You had a muscle issue. 
uh, Duvala and Quadrado were part of the South American uh, quarantine quadrant, <laughs> you know, all across Europe pretty much. So that was difficult for them as well. But, you know, again, for, for a team like Juventus, you shouldn't be finding, uh, looking for excuses when you're losing games. And again, you know, it's, it's one thing to lose to Napoli. It's happened before, you know, the, this Napoli team has gotten the better of much better Juventus teams. And those were much better Napoli teams as well. But, you know, Napoli, like you said, have played well this season. They've been one of the best possessive teams in the league so far, constantly passing and building. When you consider the midfield they have to, it's not particularly surprising. But I do think they've been strong. And maybe, you know, again, we're three games in this season. We don't want to take uh, too much of this to the extreme. But we've talked a lot about the Milan clubs or both the Rome clubs and saying that this could be their year. You know, there's no reason to say that Napoli can't. You know, they, they certainly have the ability. Spalletti, I think the only thing that worries me is he – has always in my mind been a, you know, a first half or second half type of manager where we've seen these really strong starts going into January. I can remember a few years with Inter, you know, similar types of things. And as maybe the European schedule, you know, picks up or as injuries happen, he kind of loses on rotations and, Mm -hmm. you know, doesn't really carry it over into the spring. You know, that could obviously change for Napoli, but uh, one player. My bad. I'm, I'm really happy for is, is Koulibaly because mm-hmm. you know, he gets the winner. He's had some tough moments against Juventus in years past. I, I can remember that own goal he scores pretty spectacularly a few years ago, which felt like uh, kind of the title loss right then and there, even though it ultimately wasn't. But, you know, he's a guy that I think is, is fun to root for, and it was really good to see him get mm-hmm. that goal. I, I think the only cause for concern when it comes to Napoli is their squad depth. Like you said, when the European, you know, competition starts to pick up, they're not in Champions League, they're in Europa League, but that still isn't, you know, that's in my opinion, a worse schedule than playing on a Champions League schedule. Uh, Because you're not coming off of playing the weekend game, you're playing before your weekend game. And, you know, if there's a, if there's like a Coppa Italia match midweek on top of that, it's just not going to, you know, do well for their players and fatigue. So, you know, like you said, can Spalletti, you know, manage that? We'll see. They're, they're I, in a relatively you know, difficult Europa League group yeah. as well. They're they're in with uh, Leisure Warsaw, Leicester, and Spartak Moscow. So you have some you know, difficult teams in there for, for a Europa League group. Uh, Moscow, of course, too, you add in some bonus travel. Leicester, obviously, a very strong team. And Warsaw is, uh, you know, as well, you know, a, a pretty mm-hmm. strong team from Poland. So, yeah, I think Napoli, you know, it's an interesting one to watch. I think, again, this this definitely delivered like every Napoli Juventus game has over the last few years. One of the very few that, you know, constantly gets built up and I think has, has constantly delivered. And this one was was no different. It's just it's it was a, a different process and kind of a different result than we've seen as well. But Napoli, you know, continuing a really strong start to the season. Uh, I think they've been really, really impressive, whereas Juventus, this has just been a, a very, very difficult difficult pill to swallow for them so far and you know it's going to be interesting what happens now with the champions league they go to malmo you have to think that that's you know a a good a good game to get yourself back in good form and maybe picks up pick up some pieces but you know in a year where a lot of the teams at the top in italy have really started strong out the gate to to have the slow start i think is is a real disaster for them and they had to do a lot last year just to even finish fourth and i i do worry that without ronaldo having someone like that that can get you goals in a pinch get you those clutch goals he almost did it on his last game for them even though it was offside you know to rescue rescue points i i do worry for them uh for for the rest of their season but 
Let's move on to uh, to Milan versus Lazio. I think the the game of the weekend in terms of you know expectations, it delivered in some aspects. I think that's for sure. Um, I think you were overall very happy with the way the game went. Uh, Milan, I'm ecstatic. <laughs> Milan beating Lazio. It it was a really interesting game. Uh, you know, I, I think we were really looking forward to it because Lazio Vice have been free scoring. I think we expected a little more than just two goals out of this one. We maybe could have, you know, if, if some things go a little differently. Uh, but tell me your thoughts on, on this game, Dom. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, going into it, I thought that there were going to be a lot of goals scored. And that was what everybody was saying. You know, when you watch the pregame on, on Paramount, plus, you know, Giuseppe Rossi said it was going to be like a like a 3-3 draw or something like that. Like Marco Messina said 3-2. Everybody was saying all these goals. And, you know, you're talking about a Lazio team that scored nine goals in two games coming into this. They were hot. One of the hottest teams in Italy. Everybody's, you know, favoring them for everything. And Milan went out there and kind of did the thing. You know, they shut them down. They had this high press that, you know, really had like forced them to play out the back to Immobile and just Immobile. He had no support around him. Um, So, you know, and then Milan basically gets the ball, holds it down in the midfield, controlled the game and just, you know, did the damn thing. Rafael Leao is looking like a very serious player after being one of the main, you know, focuses or foci of, you know, Milan critics. Um, people say he's lazy, he's unmotivated, all this and that. He looks like a totally different player this year, the player that they bought from sporting in the first place. Um, Ibra, you know, does what he does. He came in, gets tapping. Just he, he was tying his cleat. And then didn't even finish. He didn't even finish. He realized where he was at. He just got back up, got in the position, tapped in the net. So I saw an inch, really interesting stat that Ibrahimovic uh, has now scored in 24 different league seasons, uh, which I mean, yeah, it just speaks to the insane longevity that is, you know, we highlighted Ronaldo yeah. and LeBron uh, last week. I think Ibra certainly is in that same conversation. And, you know, we'll talk about Ronaldo later, but I think there's a lot of similarities in both their goals and that, you know, maybe all the physical traits aren't what they used to be for the two of them, but what doesn't change as you get older is your your mental attributes and knowing and your positioning where to be. Yeah. Ibra has always had that knack of, of turning up in the right spot. Um, always a good finisher. And yeah, I mean, he's, you know, he's not quite ageless. I, I wrote ageless in the doc, but he, you know, he has shown signs of his age, but I think he's adapted incredibly well to, you know, everything that's been given to him. And especially yeah. when you consider some of the injuries he's faced as, you know, a 36 year old, a 37 year old, 30, you know, like he's, he's just passed all the tests somehow uh, yeah. against my own liking. Cause like, <laughs> I personally don't really care much for Ebrooks. I think he's a little, I don't want to say overrated, but I think his brand is a little much for me, at least. Very, but a very pompous character. I just think when you get over 35, it's maybe time to stop pretending <laughs> yeah. like you're a lion. You know, like if Ibra wasn't a professional soccer player, he'd be one of those guys on Facebook saying that he's a wolf, not a sheep. You yeah. know, like that's, that's very much his personality to me. Um, and I don't know how much of that is actually the real Ibra and how much of that is just his, again, like his social media team playing into that. But. Yeah, I mean, you know, more about the game. I think Milan were, again, like you said, very, very good, you know, for their result. I think what was interesting is Kessier, who's obviously had some, you know, intrigue over the last few months about this contract renewal, apparently not willing to, to sign a new deal, you know, still has penalty duties, goes for what looked like a Paninka attempt, 
You know, they tried tried going Zidane in the 06 uh, World Cup. I knew it was down. over when he did the Simone Zaza penalty run up, and, and he took it like it was like a mix between that and Pogba, and I was like, ah, this isn't if, going in. Is if, I, if I see kids doing that, I stop them. Like, listen, you are not Neymar. <laughs> you do not get to do this. The, the the ballet dancer steps. You was, you have to really really earn that. I was in Trader Joe's watching the game. We, we had to go grocery shopping, so That's I had one it on of the whitest things I've ever heard you say. Though. <laughs> Yo, Trader Joe's has great food. I'm not hating on Trader Joe's. I'm just saying. Sponsor us. <laughs> I'm just saying that is one of the whitest things I've ever heard you say. But continue. <laughs> so I had the game on, and we're like checking out, and he runs up and he misses, and I think I gasped so loudly. <laughs> Some people were staring. They had no idea what was going on. I had my I had my AirPods in and everything. I was focused. And, Mo- and Monica just looked at me. And she goes, "Don, what are you doing?" <laughs> like they missed a pen. They they just don't get it, do they? I think uh, I I had to look this up because I was really interested. Just because I know KCA obviously has a very very strong, um, had a very very strong like penalty record. So I right. wanted to see. He's taken thirty two in his professional career. He's only missed four, and uh, that was his his fourth miss. So he's converted twenty eight of them. It's a really really good uh, conversion oh, yeah. rate. Uh, you know, all things considered, I mean, you know, so it, it's rare to see that from him. You have to hope that mentally, you know, this is just something he works with. That's not going to build on his confidence. All you're right to point out, Rafael, Rafael Liao as well, and and Rebic, you know, creating mm-hmm. both the goals. I think he's Big been a real player spot for a lot of times of his Milan career. I think he's been a, a really direct runner, which is important. Um, I, I think Milan have have looked strong. They pass a huge test for me with this. Yeah. I mean, this was this is not an easy game to approach. Ultimately, they, it seems easy when you look at the scoreline. You think, all right, two nothing. That's a pretty casual result. But considering how how like you said, how free scoring Lazio had been coming into this game, that sorry is obviously I think a great manager. That you know the, the attacking options you have forward to hold them to a clean sheet. I, I think this could be a result that you know you look back in three four months time and and say it was really really huge for Milan. So. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it, it, it just depends on the consistency of some of these younger guys. You know, Tonali has looked great. Calabria has been lights out. Brahim Diaz has been playing very well. Can these guys keep it up? We'll see. Um, but if they do, I think they're a very serious team this year. Milan do kind of seem like a, a team that's maybe just a year away still. I, I know that they've obviously started hot, and this goes against kind of what we've talked about the last few minutes, but they still kind of feel like a, a team that's a year away and maybe two or three pieces away before they're actual legitimate title oh. challengers. That doesn't mean they can't this year, but I, I, do, I, I do think that this is a team that we'll be looking at this year as the year where they really took like a you know, potential step forward. But, you know, that's well, dependent on a lot of things as well. Well, still. you know, there's – there's when, when you talk about, you know – being an elite team, I feel like there's two levels, you know, there's a level where you can compete for like the title in your domestic league, but then there's that next level where you're a serious contender for that. And you're serious in Europe. You know what I mean? And I don't think they're at that step just yet. You know, you look at their group and, and, you know, we're going to talk about this later, but you know, they've got Liverpool, they've got Atletico Madrid, who's another extremely strong team. Will they make it out the group or will they end up in Europa League? We don't know. You know what I mean? It, there's not that definite like confidence when it goes into that second part. So I do agree with you when you say like they're a year away. They, they, they still have some pieces that need to be adjusted. But, you know, at least domestically, I think that they can be taken very seriously again. Yeah. 
We all know the traditional Big Four sports and we have our favorite teams and enjoy them each and every week during their seasons. But what if I told you the fastest growing sport on two feet doesn't involve football, baseball, basketball, or hockey? Come join me, Dom Ponteri, and Harrison Kremens as we break down the sport of the future each and every week on the Outside the Box podcast, talking all things pro and college lacrosse right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Yeah, you know, they, you know, we'll see how they, you know, of course they faded a little bit second half of last season. There could be, you know, some different circumstances around that, of course. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see how they get on this year. I, again, though, really, really good early season result for them. I, I think they can feel really strongly about that. We'll wrap up just a little quick fire around the rest of the league. Uh, Roma with a, a late winner. Stefan El Shawari, of course, Milan legend, uh, gets the winner in Jose Mourinho's thousandth game. He, of course, yeah, made it, it about himself by sprinting down the touchline, <laughs> crying about it after the game, saying that, you know, he does that thing where he says, uh, I lied to everyone, said this game meant nothing to me. It actually meant everything to me. So by saying that, he's actually still like gloating about it. Like he's saying, like, I'm not going to, I wasn't going to say this, but then still says the thing he wasn't going to say. So therefore, he still actually said it. So there's no point in saying, you know, like giving this qualifier. Classic. Very Mourinho type of uh, language. Shithousery. Really is, you know, what's interesting is, you know, obviously Mourinho has, has, I think he came into Italy with a little bit of a diminished reputation. And I think in some ways deserved based on how, you know, the Spurs job went. And I think even some of that Man United stink was still on him and, and the way things turned out there. But I think it's been interesting so far, especially in that they've been really free flowing. They've been scoring a lot. Did this a lot under Spurs too, though, last year where they scored lots of goals. It, 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 they certainly weren't boring at least in the first stage of the season to watch but i do wonder again you know a bit like milan the longevity of this team and, and how sustainable a lot of this is does feel quite a bit like you're relying and Mourinho's teams over the years have always relied on individual brilliance but mm-hmm. you know when you don't have you know hurricane or hazard or pogba you know to, to be bailing you out of these situations it, it is a little different but i do think roma again you know, they've, they've started out wonderfully to this season. Um, another team that's right at the top of the table, fast out of the gate. So it, it's hard to discount them, mm-hmm. at least at this stage. But any thoughts Any thoughts on Roma Sassuolo? I, it, was, it was a really fun match. I think there was a, this, this was a game that could have gone any way. There could have been three or four more goals in it. I didn't, I didn't watch it. So um, I don't know. I, I do think, you know, we did say Roma is a team to be taken seriously, you know. Mourinho is no slouch in Italy, at least, you know, he's had a lot of success there. Uh, he knows the league. Well, uh, Tammy Abraham's playing very well for them. Uh, you see, Al-Shadab, we got a goal. Um, you know, Sassuolo is always one of those teams that can give, you know, the, the top teams, you know, a bit of a bit of issues when they're playing them, but it sounds to me that, you know, Roma handled it pretty, pretty well. So, you know, hats off to them. So then we had uh, Fiorentina beating Atalanta. Uh, I bring this up because I've always had a, a certain uh, soft place for for the Viola here, but I think Atalanta as well deserves some conversation because I think a lot of people had them pegged for potential champions of Italy. And again, three games in the season, I do not want to make any sweeping, you know, declarations here. So much can change, you know, with so much left in the year. But Atalanta, a team that you 
don't expect to be struggling quite like they have at, at points this year. Um, it does feel like maybe they faded a little bit, you know, that I, I thought when uh, Gomez left last year that they lost a little bit of that extra dimension that they typically had with him, his creativeness, obviously his speed and his ability to finish as well. Like I, I really felt like they missed a, a, a key part of that that hasn't quite been replaced yet. Obviously, they're still a very strong team. I think, you know, I expect them to still be challenging, you know, for one of those European places. But I think a lot of people that were expecting them to be title challengers, this is not the way you want the uh, the season to start. Especially in a in a league that's as competitive as this one this year. You know, there's there's seven teams that that really have a chance, you know, to really fight for that first place spot. So, you know, especially when you when you show signs of you know concern. Uh, I, I was reading that, you know, uh, Illichich did not look like he wanted to be there. You know, he doesn't look like he wants to play. Um, you know, they, they, they probably got, you know, some, some issues. I'm not going to say locker room issues, even though that's, you know, what was drummed up when you mentioned, you know, Gomez leaving, you know, there's this back and forth, different stories coming from Gasparini or from the players. And, you know, it's, you know, it needs to be addressed and needs to be sorted out or else, you know, things aren't going to be looking good for them. Yeah. So the, the rest of the league, obviously, to enter draw Sampdoria. I know that yes, you, I know that made you very happy, but not not every not everybody can beat Sampdoria. So, right. You know, very, very historically, <laughs> very difficult team to beat in the last 10 years. Um, so top of the league is looking like this. Roma, Milan and Napoli, all perfect. You know, three wins out of three. I think that's a little bit surprising. I don't know that's how everyone expected the table to, to be turning out this early in the season. And a rarity, uh, Torino, the true the true team of Turin, uh, <laughs> Juventus. They did not, you know, I, I really respect uh, Torino. Uh, they, they obviously got a really good win over the weekend um, against uh, Salernitana, but you know they're above, above Juventus, and see they they have the Turin derby coming up. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, so maybe they have the chance to really dig it in deep to to their inner city rivals. I think you I would know, love to see that personally. You know, provincial teams like Juventus don't always, you know, succeed. So we'll see. Wow, you are really <laughs> you're keeping kicking them while they're down. I guess let's move to England. Hey, hey. it's been a, it's been eleven years. Yeah, yeah. Dude, at their height, Milan was at their worst. <laughs> I love this. Uh, so let's move to England uh, for the second half of this show. And I think it's only fitting that we talk about the second half because that's that's really where a lot of the magic came from this weekend uh, in a lot of the games. But we're going to start in the second half of Manchester United's game where we had an explosion of goals. Ronaldo scores right before halftime, except no one got to see it because this game was uh, just <laughs> blacklisted for pretty much everyone, which just makes no sense to me. You'd think they'd want this on every single like basic broadcasting channel, but I, I don't get it. Uh, but he scores a brace against Newcastle on his return. Uh, he's back at Old Trafford. It was an electric atmosphere. It always felt like Newcastle were uh, that scene in Interstellar where they find out that that's not a mountain. It's actually a wave, and there's a giant panic to get off the planet uh, before realizing that it was all for nothing anyway because 50 years passed. Uh, but yeah. it's it was truly just... There's, there's never been a game that had a more obvious uh, script, you know, in terms of the only thing that would have been more obvious was Ronaldo Hattrick. Yeah. I mean, when I saw the, I, went, I got notifications from everybody, everything, Twitter, other people, Discord, and it was just all like, 
Ronaldo. And I was like, ah, I have to turn the game on now, I guess. That turned it on and it just floodgates opened. You know, United looking very tough and very strong in that second half. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I I will say this. I I didn't think, obviously, Newcastle United, not the steepest opposition. They've been really bad so far this year. Steve Bruce facing a lot of criticism, uh, apparently went on vacation over the last international break and and refusing to answer that question <laughs> maybe maybe when your your team has uh has struggled so far in the season you shouldn't be taking uh vacations you should be maybe figuring out a way to to improve the squad a little bit uh hitting the books as they say but um woodman in goal i think uh gave up some very very soft soft goals i think he was kind of playing yeah. into the crowd ronaldo the, second that second one was very questionable the legs, very very uh suspicious to me uh i don't know not accusing him of anything hey I'm saying united that was- fans said that's a premier league level goalkeeper it's the best one in the it's the best league in the world he ronaldo placed that there yeah, he wow. placed it there. <laughs> I, I will say Ronaldo looked good. You know, it, it, there's there's no there's no two ways about it. I, I think it was a good debut for him. Obviously, at Pogba, seven assists on the season already. He's looked spectacular now. Apparently, and people to, aren't even considering him for Player of the Month. Well, I, I think Antonio certainly deserved it over him for for August. We'll see about September. We'll see how September carries on. But I I just think that uh, you know, listen. The only thing I worry about with United, and I, and I I'm trying not to be overly critical and just you know pick nits where there aren't any, but Newcastle United were beating them on the counter regularly in this game, and and that's where their goal comes from. You know, ten minutes in the second half, Javi Manquillo, you know he should not be the guy you know, beating you on overlaps and scoring, and that should be a concern if I'm United because ultimately yes we know they're going to score goals. Four or five goals is going to be a regular benchmark that they can hit this season. This will not be the, the the last time that they do something like this. They have an outpouring like this. What they need to do is against the top teams be able to be as assured defensively as we want them to be. Obviously, you have Iran, you're going to have a little more betting in time, things like that. But I, I do worry that on the counter, this team can really, really be uh, broken into. And when you play the the other top teams, and that's where the title could very well be decided. Obviously, once you talk about Champions League stages, again, everything gets magnified to that that next level. I do worry that that is the real weak point of this United team. They obviously didn't address the midfield. And they're committing a forward a lot. You know, Luke Shaw is playing really <laughs> far forward. And I mean, he's obviously fantastic going there. But I, I do worry about United's ability to defend on the counter and that they've been broken into quite a bit um, and they, they have not looked like stopping that a whole whole lot again Newcastle was doing this you know quite a few times throughout the game and they didn't uh, even have their starting striker right so th- so that should be a little bit of a worry I, I think going forward but you know it's hard it's hard to really you look for warts on on a performance like this I think um, your 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 concerns kind of mirror mine um for different reasons <laughs> To get the whole podcast hosted by Steve McAvoy and John Mavalia, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Get In The Whole Pod and be on the lookout for a ton of great content keeping you up to date on the world of golf. Releasing weekly a part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia family of podcasts wherever you listen to your favorite shows. You saw a confident 
Manchester United that was having fun out there. And, and that's when they play their best. You don't see that same confidence all the time from the entire team as a whole in these bigger games sometimes. Certain players disappear here or there. Some players try to force things. And, and you know, if they, if they can stay composed, yeah, they'll be good. But I, I don't believe that they can. You know, like you said, they're getting caught on the break against Newcastle United without their starting striker. They let – does Manquillo play right or left back? Plays right back. Yeah, so you're, you're letting defenders get up the field and score on an overlap. I mean, they got yeah, they yeah, have yeah, kinks. Yeah. They have kinks. They got to work out. Right. I I just think you know, listen, like they've they've had good performances against top teams in, in the past, right? We're like we know they have a propensity to beat Manchester City. Like that's been always like big uh, banner accomplishment so far with United. I I just worry that you know. Ole is, is in a really difficult position because he's gotten everything you could ask for as a manager. I mean, if you do this in FIFA career mode, people would call you, you know, <laughs> it unrealistic, right? But did you I mean, pay, did you pay for a financial takeover? <laughs> but I mean, seriously, you know, like this is he's gotten everything you can ask for. It's the entire pressure now is on him to figure this out. To not only, you know, I was reading today about how he's saying that Ronaldo is going to be arrested. I say to him, good luck doing that because that clearly didn't work in Juventus last year. There was division between him and Pirlo when Pirlo was resting him. And that's Andrea Pirlo talking to him. You know, I think that's quite some weight. I think maybe a little bit more than Ole to, to Ronaldo at least. So I do worry about how he's managing these egos. And I do worry that tactically, listen, We've seen it time and time again that United can beat these small teams. Not no discredit to Newcastle, of course, but they are clearly in a different tier, right? To, to yeah. Newcastle United, yeah. these are two teams in opposite directions. One hundred percent. We've seen them time and time again do this. I. This is now that there's no more excuses. There's no more team building. You've built the team. You've spent the money. Jaden Sancho was like the signing of the summer two weeks ago, and now <laughs> completely forgotten about. I mean, you have spent the money. You now have to win. It is no longer, well, this is United. We always want to be winning trophies. No, you have to win something this year or it is your job. So uh -huh. I do wonder how he copes with that. I mean, you know, can he handle Ronaldo? You're talking about old teammates, you know? And, you know, I think that, like you said, Pirlo's word, I think holds a little more weight than Ole's word, in my opinion. So, you know, if, if there was division there, who knows if Ole can, you know, manage Ronaldo correctly. And like you said, they spent the money. If, if they don't get it done, they're going to go get a manager that can. I saw that quote in reference to Ronaldo not playing tomorrow against young boys in the Champions League. And I can't think of anything more than Ronaldo wants to do than stat pad against. You know, exactly. The like, come on. <laughs> You know, like he's getting on that field tomorrow. He you don't wants need to score a hat trick. He wants to take a shirt off. The lead up to, to the game Come all on. last week was that Ronaldo may not even start. He starts, and you know, like is this at Old Trafford? Uh, huh? Is this at Old Trafford or is it away? Are you talking about tomorrow's game? Yeah, uh, against Young Boys. I'm not entirely sure. It is. I, I believe it is in. Yeah, it's in Switzerland. Is that the? Uh, 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 you know, I listen. I know Never young mind. boys get memed to death, but they also play at the Wankdorf Stadium. I know it's probably pronounced differently, <laughs> but I mean, 
the young Jesus boy Christ. Can we get a little like editing in here somewhere? <laughs> I mean, someone did no one read this? Hey, how long did it take for the Washington football team to change change their name? They're still who, waiting. Who knows? Apparently, they've narrowed it down to I don't know seventeen names. Uh, let's move on to Leicester, Manchester City. This was an interesting one as well. Probably the biggest game of the weekend in terms of you know title hopes and you know in terms of heavyweights, quote unquote. Uh, City win one nil. They go away to Leicester, get it done. This just continues a trend for them of just kind of grinding out results like this. That was a very, very even game. I think last year you could even say maybe a, a little bit unlucky, but um, City just showing their quality again. And, you know, we obviously United are like the hot ticket. Chelsea and United are like the two hot teams this year. And I, I think what I found really interesting about, you know, just a few games into the season, how especially City and especially Liverpool have been bypassed by these two, at least in the narrative. And that's not to say that both those teams can't finish above, you know, that Chelsea and United can't finish above City and Liverpool. But I think we've very quickly forgotten that uh, <laughs> Liverpool and Manchester City were setting just absolutely obscene records for the last three years in the in the English league. And yeah. maybe that shouldn't have been forgotten because these two teams remind me a lot of, uh, I don't know, like, uh, like Michael Myers from Halloween. Like you constantly think that you blow this guy up and they're still like walking, especially Manchester yeah. city. It doesn't matter if they have injuries. It doesn't matter if they have to rotate. It doesn't matter who they bring in. They seem to just constantly get results. They the seem really it's ridiculous. It, it is. And I, I think again, when you have everyone wants to have what Pep Guardiola has, which is a very clear system in which you can fit multiple players into everyone wants that for their club. Everyone wants that for no matter what your sport is, you want to be able to plug in any player in, and make it work mm -hmm. and that's what they do and you know here they are again i, I think again you know they, they've been slighted a little bit by not spending on a striker this and that um and people are weird with city and that they want them to spend and then they you know make fun of them for not spending i don't really understand it sometimes but you know this this was an interesting game obviously vardy uh had some action scores but was off sides for it there was a little bit of contention there. There was a lot of uh, goal line clearances, a lot of uh, block chances. I think the one thing that worries me about Leicester is they've had a few times this season where they they give up just a lot of individual mistakes. And and that worries me quite a bit as you move forward with Leicester here because they're also in Europa League. That's a really taxing schedule to have on you. It seems like the top four this year are, are in just a different class than they were. Uh, compared to last year where a lot of these teams were struggling a bit. Obviously, it was a COVID year, which was difficult. I do worry for Leicester's ambitions that if you want to be a top four team, you need to cut out some of these mistakes. There's no shame in losing the Manchester City at home. Plenty of teams will do it. But I think if you're really aiming high, this needs to be a game that you uh, compete a little better in. And that, again, this has been a pattern so far this year of these individual errors at the back especially. This is what good teams do, right? This is what champions do. They grind out these games that, you know, you may not be too sure about how it's going to end, and you get the win. Manchester City did that. You know, Leicester isn't doing it. You know, are, are they going to break through to that top tier again and and uh, challenge for a title? They got to they gotta grind out those kind of types of wins, especially against teams like City. It's harder. It's easier said than done. Excuse me. It's easier said than done, but uh, I don't know if they have it in them. Sometimes we all just need to wind down after a long day of enjoying our favorite sports teams 
go to work. And with the rise of streaming platforms, new TV shows and movies are popping up every single week, and it might be overwhelming not knowing exactly what to watch. Well, that's where streamer season comes in. The exclusive streaming platform discussion podcast for TV and movies on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Join me, KB, and a plethora of our hosts right here at USP breaking down all the new TV and movies that you guys should be watching across all the various streaming platforms that are available to the masses. Catch us on streamer season wherever you get your podcasts. I, yeah, I don't know that Leicester are really aiming for the title uh, this year. I, I think that they're more a team that's trying to get in those Champions League places, trying to just establish well, themselves. Even, even that right now in this season. Team. Even that right now in this season where there's five other strong teams, you know, you're talking United, you're talking City, you're talking Liverpool, you're talking Chelsea, you're talking, uh, I'm missing one, like even Tottenham. Like you're talking about these teams that, you know, they have to break past at least three of them. So it, it, can they do that? I'm not too sure. Yeah, it's it's been a difficult start. Obviously, you know, they dealt with uh, the Wesley Fofana injury kind of late on, which I think hasn't helped. You know, I, I can certainly give my sympathies to them uh, for that. I know what it's like. Uh, call, me, call me when all three of your starting center backs get injured. Then, then maybe I'll feel a little more for you. But um, speaking of Liverpool and Chelsea, you know, both – Really dominant wins again this weekend. Obviously, the Liverpool game is uh, a little overshadowed by the fact that Harvey Elliott has this really gruesome injury. Don't yeah. know this timetable on, on injury yet uh, at, at the time of recording, at least on Monday night. So we'll obviously see there. Obviously, really difficult. But to go away to Leeds and win 3-0, obviously part of that with uh, you know playing Leeds with a man down after the red card. But a really, really strong performance. And again, I just listen. The cards on the table. I'm obviously a Liverpool fan, so I, I try and remain as unbiased as possible. But it does feel strange to me that we've forgotten again both Liverpool and City how fantastic they've been, and that these squads are still just as good as they were. And I know that United and Chelsea are very obviously improved. I think especially Chelsea is a better manager now as well. I just feel like maybe we've forgotten a little bit how good both these teams can be, and that Liverpool have only conceded one goal this year and have looked very tight at the defense again, and Mo Salah scoring. And yeah, you're more than fine with saying that. You're more than fine with saying You're not, I, you're not I just biased think saying forgotten. that. I, I, think we have, I think we've we've forgotten that. And I think Chelsea as well, though, you know, right. like no, you uh, right. obviously go out and break the bank for Lukaku, which, you know, has been a big change for them in terms of having someone that can actually finish chances. Last year, they, they did not have a clinical goal scorer, and they were still able to win the Champions League. He's so good. He is. He's he's fantastic. Uh, you know, and obviously Aston Villa, you know, a little flattened by the fact they don't have Emmy Martinez. You know, they have all these uh, you know, players that they weren't able to bring in, of course, because of, of COVID COVID quarantine rules. But yeah. even then, you know, it, it was still a really interesting game. I felt Aston Villa still had good chances. I think one thing that has gone under the radar perhaps with Chelsea is how good Mendy has been in goal this year. He yeah. saved them quite a quite a bit uh, in the Liverpool game a few weeks ago. And again, Villa at the weekend came up with some absolutely outstanding saves. For a team that was still trying to buy Yano Black, I have to say, I think maybe they should just stick with Mendy for a little bit longer. because and He got a lot of good experience last year playing in Europe for Chelsea and everything. So, I mean, it, it, he's, he's playing very well. Also, shouts out to Lukaku. 
first goal at Stamford Bridge, I think, in his Chelsea career. Right. So that meant a lot to him, too. You saw it in the celebration. Like it really meant a lot to him right there. And it's hard, hard to hate Lukaku, although yeah. he's one of, based on his club history, he might hey, be one of hey. my most hated players ever. But <laughs> Everton, not, Manchester United, and Chelsea, it's it's really hard to. He's not an inter anymore for me. So like I, yeah. I'm good. <laughs> I can I can cheer for the guy again. Hard for me to move past it, if <laughs> if you can believe it. But no, he is he's a very likable guy uh, and a guy that I find it very hard to root against because. Uh, I, I want to see guys like that succeed. And, you know, the other other big game from this weekend, very early game on Saturday, um, Tottenham get brought down by Crystal Palace. Tanganga uh, just uh, loses his cool a little bit, gets red carded. It was a double yellow, but uh, could have been red carded for what I thought was a, a pretty serious elbow on Wilfred Zaha, who loves to embellish contact. But uh, I certainly thought the even the initial challenge could have been considered a red card. Gets yellow carded for it five minutes later, flies into another challenge, and he's off. And from there, Spurs obviously uh, concede three goals to Crystal Palace. It was their first goals of the season at home. Yikes. And Hudson Edward, their new signing comes on. I think it was 27 seconds is all it took from the time he came on to score. It ends up Good getting talent. a race. Yeah, certainly. I mean, coming from Celtic where, you know, he had a, a goal output, either a goal or assist, I think, like every two games, uh, which is exactly what you want. Obviously, it's the Scottish League, but still a really, really good return. That's a great start to his career. And Gallagher as well. He's a Chelsea loanee. I think has been fantastic so far for them this season. Really, really looking. For- Crystal Palace has very quickly kind of become this this young, sexy team, uh, whereas last year <laughs> they were not. You know, you had Roy Hodgson and, I don't know, like all the retirees. It was not even Wolf Zahan vibes. It was just, uh, I don't know, nursing Wolf home. Zaha and geriatrics. Like. Nursing home and Zequil. It was just not not really what you were looking for, I, I don't think, in terms of entertainment. But they have become, uh, you know, a little more interesting this year. I, I think they're you know, I was thinking a lot about, you know, relegation teams and I had actually, you know, put a bet on Crystal Palace last season to be relegated. Cause I really didn't think they had what it took. And I thought maybe this would be the year instead, because obviously they lose what 10 guys to free agency. Essentially, they just let them walk. And you wonder how you fill in that gap and don't really think much of, of Patrick Vieira as a manager, but maybe, maybe they prove us wrong. Maybe, you know, you bring in some, some youth and expect that to kind of develop over the course of the year. And, and it gets you somewhere you weren't expecting, but I, I do have to say Crystal Palace have surprised me a little bit so far this season in terms of their watchability and also in terms of, you know, some actual results, some actual performances. I think they've been a little bit better than I expected. Mm-hmm. Well, let's, let's get into the champions league, Dom, because first of all, I have to say it's probably the best anthem in all of sports. I think it's the best lead in. It's the yes. most recognizable. Yes. It's also the best branding because whenever I think of Heineken, I think of the song and I think of iconic moments. So so good for them. I always think it's funny that everyone uh, gives it to America and our, uh, listen, we are blind consumerists over here. We, we fully buy into all the corporate vibes, but I do think it's funny that Europeans say that a lot about America when it's like, I've never seen more branding in my life than in, you know, European <laughs> soccer. Like it, it's, actually, it's actually funny how like, American sports fans got really annoyed when they started putting brands on right. jerseys. Like remember when the NBA put the logo on and everybody lost their cool for a little patch right here. Like it, it, it's so commonplace in Europe. 
right. crazy. So I, I, but I, I am really excited, obviously, to have Champions League back. Maybe I'll be chilling with a nice cold Heineken tomorrow uh, afternoon. That's also what I love is getting home from work and being able to watch you know, some kind of high-level games. Tomorrow, a little bit of a weaker slate uh, in terms of just big marquee matches. You really only have the one, which is Barcelona and Bayern. Bayern, obviously, hot start this year. You know, Robert Lewandowski is, is still scoring for fun. That's just what he does. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, this is not the Barcelona that we're used to. This is not the team. Obviously, no Messi, of course. I think I think everyone's very aware of that now. But, you know, I, I still, you know, think Barcelona, this is a strong team. And I, I don't expect them to win tomorrow. But I, I do think that this is going to be, this is going to live up to the billing, I believe, at least. Excuse me. I think that it's a it's a huge test. It's a huge test for Barcelona and to see where, you know, the state of their team is at. They have a lot of questions in, in the defense and in the midfield. And, you know, uh, I, I do agree, though. I think that, you know, Barcelona will show up uh, and and give the give Bayern a game. But Bayern is I, – I, I don't know what else to say about that team, man. They, they always fly under the radar, in my opinion. And, and people – People sleep on them until, you know, Lewandowski has one of those classic Champions League matches where he bags like three goals in 30 minutes and everybody's just like, what is this team again? And, you know, it's just it's just what they always do. Yeah. Talk about a team that just year after year kind of just marches forward, uh, just impervious to time, essentially. Yeah. Uh, they obviously locked down Leon Goretzka to, to a new contract, which I know was a big talking point this summer that maybe he would move. That move is going to get a lot harder now, now that he's signed till 2026. Some other notable games tomorrow, though. You know, there's no big marquee signings, but I do think there's some interesting ones on the slate still. You have Sevilla and Salzburg, which I think could be a really, really fun game. Sevilla team, really, really strong so far this year. Obviously, they've had a lot of European success. Salzburg as well, always an interesting young team to watch. And, you know, this anytime they've, they've been involved in games like this, they seem to definitely be worth watching. Uh, you have Chelsea and Zenit tomorrow, which is uh, interesting as well. You know, two two Russian teams going at it. Uh, Dynamo Kiev and Benfica, which is obviously uh, you know a good matchup as well. And you have Malmo Juventus. You know, if you're if you're in if you're a real masochist and you want to watch that snooze fest, uh, that two 0 Juventus win with uh, two <laughs> very boring goals, I'm sure. Uh, and Villarreal Atalanta, which could be a, a really really exciting game. So not you know not the top top tier. But I, I do think you have a lot of uh, fun games tomorrow. Wednesday, I think, is where it picks up. We have to start with the, with the top ends derby here with uh, Liverpool and AC Milan because I mean, what are you? All right, so what are your genuine feelings about this game, Dom? Because I can tell you how I I feel, but I'd like to hear it from you first. Tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. Are you? <laughs> I don't know if your if your brain is broken and you're just quoting. Listen. If you're just looking at your apps <laughs> on your phone, I don't know. Um, Milan wins. No, I'm kidding. Um, it, it, it's a huge test for Milan. I don't know if they're going to be able to – I think they'll give Liverpool a game, but they won't come out with the win. Um, they're, they're coming into this game with a lot of confidence, a lot of confidence. But, you know, you're talking about one of the best teams in Europe, won the Champions League a couple years ago. They're managed by one of the best managers who now doesn't have to wear his glasses anymore. I don't know how you feel about that. Still bizarre. But, Still bizarre yeah. to see him without the glasses. Um, 
uh, but but one of the best managers in the world with some of the best players in the world and and you know <laughs> I, don't, I don't think Rafael Leal and, and Rebic are going to get it done past Van Dyke so um you know again it'll be a good game but it they're just a different level I'm sorry. You wanted to hear this from me. I know I you did. did. I really did. Thank you for saying it. I do think they are teams in different tiers, but that doesn't mean that, you know, listen, Champions League nights, anything can happen. We've seen it before. There have been stranger upsets, but this does the feel Rio like... Ab took Milan to penalty kicks and they went like 13 rounds. So right. anything can happen. Right. So I, I just don't see Liverpool. You have Anfield, the first European full night again against Milan. I just I, I only see this going one way, which is Liverpool win. I None don't know of these that, players have like played right. there except Giroud, and he's not even going to. Oh, and Ibra, right? And one of those two isn't even going to be playing. So like, it's 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 hard to see how Milan get a positive result out of this, but they certainly could. They've started out well. I do not want to discount them as an opponent whatsoever because I've watched them. I know that they have talent. I know that they can they can definitely do some damage, of course. But I do feel this is only going one way. Um, maybe the December one, when our schedule is a little more free, we could even do like a live watch together because that one could have some real stakes to it. But tomorrow, at least Wednesday, I'm cool with that. It's the first game of the group stage. It's it's a lot more fun and exciting than it is tense and anxious. Uh, so at least you know we'll have some good feelings going into it. We're not going to be stressing too much about the other games just yet. Uh, but the other games to look forward to, you have Atletico Madrid and Porto, which I think is also a really watchable game. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, really, every Champions League game is is watchable to me. I think there's always value in watching all of them. But you also have is Inter Milan. Oh, sorry. Um, what? Where can you find the games? Are they still on Paramount? So if, if you're in the U.S., uh, Champions League is on Paramount Plus, which totally you know worth the subscription in my book because you get syria and you get champions just wanted to make sure because i won't be able to watch the games until after they happen don't text right. me on wednesday please uh no promises there uh inter milan, <laughs> <laughs> inter milan and real madrid on wednesday as well uh, a huge marquee match that always somehow feels to be a little bit boring uh, Madrid in the group stages are Real, rarely exciting. Real you talk Madrid about wins. zombie teams that continue to just march forward uh, with acid in their brains, just unaware <laughs> of their surroundings. It's Real Madrid. They always just, just honestly, they're like just ultimate like professionals. They just get the job done quietly and move forward. They're very rarely, you know, putting on shows. They're they're not the the Madrid of of kind of when we were growing up with the Mourinho teams, where there's constant press and constant stars and all this. They're obviously a fantastic team. I don't say this as a disservice to them. I just think, you know, we always expect it to be a little more same. exciting with Madrid than it actually ends up being uh, because they just, they are like a ground game UFC fighter. No one likes to see it, but they get the job done. I they're like constantly, that. They're constantly putting other teams into submission, which no one wants to pay to see. We want knockouts with fists. I like uh, that. Manchester City and Leipzig as well. Another really exciting game. Uh, we got our, our U.S. man, Jesse Marsh, going up against Manchester City. I pray for him. Uh, that's going to be a difficult one because Leipzig have, have not enjoyed a good start to the season. So City looking very much the favorites in that one. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm really looking forward to Champions League this week. It, it's great to have it back. It's, it's it's just such a fun competition. You get Europe's best all playing against each other. And, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. And 
you know, we're, we're a little bit blessed because we, we have a lot of games to look forward to. You know, this is this is when it starts to get rolling. You have all the midweek games back to the weekend. Then you only have a day where, you know, today was just Everton and Burnley, but it's still something to watch. So I, I'm looking forward to it. Then, of course, it gets grinded to a halt with another, another international break, which I'm sure will also have another crisis at the end of it because Brazil wants to ban all the Brazilian players from playing because that makes sense somehow. Because if you're an international team, what you you don't want is your best players playing for their clubs and and falling out of fitness after having to sit in a hotel for 10 days. So I mean, the, the way Brazil runs their national team is kind of weird. You know, the whole the whole – they can't even put their team together in FIFA anymore. Remember when that first started? Like, if you go use Brazil in FIFA, the only player that's actually, like, a real player is Neymar. Everyone else is fake? Why is that? I forget why, but there was something with, the with like, the deal with, with the Brazilian FA or something like that. Because um, for a while, the, the Brazil League's teams were taken out of FIFA as well. They lost the licensing rates. And then they recently just got it back. But yeah, there's something going on. When you pick Brazil, the only player is Neymar. They don't have the rights to like put any of the other players on that team. Bizarre. That's yeah. that's truly bizarre. Uh, so, you know, we'll be back, you know, talking about how this Champions League games went, how this weekend games went. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Dom, how, how are you feeling though on a scale of one to 10? Are we feeling excited for Champions League being back? Well, you know, given that I... For you, it's been a long wait. Yes. Yeah. First off, I'm extremely excited because Milan's part of it once again. Um, also, you know, I always hated because it was just on like Fox Sports and, and I could never catch it and I never had like a streaming service on my phone and now I just have it with me so I can load up the game whenever and watch it, you know, and I have all of these games to watch too. It, it's great. There's a lot of good games to watch. There's a lot of content, a lot of things to talk about, you know, and like you said, we're get we're going to get into the thick of the season. There's going to be marquee matchups, you know, it, within the league, there's going to be big, you know, very interesting cup draws uh, for the different leagues uh, midweek on top of, you know, your European games. And it, there's just going to be a lot of stuff to watch a lot of good games. And I'm, I'm extremely excited and looking forward to all of it. Yeah. Milan have Liverpool and Juventus all within five days. That's <laughs> That is quite the trip for them. But hey, you know, listen, Rebich, big game player. Remember yeah, Rebic, that. Rebic is a big game player. Well, hey, hey, he does not play well in small games. It's only against the big teams that he produces. Well, I guess if, if you're going to pick a time to perform, that's the best way to do it. Uh, that's going to be it for us. I, I hope you enjoy the Champions League games. I hope you enjoy this weekend's slate as well because some good ones in there. Uh, but we will be back to talk to you next time about how it all went. So future future me, uh, rub it in Dom's face next week about Liverpool beating Milan 5-0. Oh, and how great I gotta that go felt. like this. Gotta, gotta go like this. All right. <laughs> we'll see you next time, everyone. Be safe and have fun. Yeah!